It truly does take a massive amount of faith to believe in nothing and to believe in something. Well, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Be Great with Nate. We are back with my one of my favorite people in the whole world, Coach A. Just a recap, Coach A was my strength and conditioning coach at Delaware State University. Coach A was also on the episode of Be Great with Nate early on when it first started, but Coach A is in LA with me right now. So I want you to stick around and find out how the hell is Coach A in LA? He went from being in Texas to being in Mississippi, and he's in LA. He's here for big, big reasons. So we're going to get into that. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Before we start, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, leave a rating so we can help grow this channel. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. So Coach, Coach A, A, welcome to the studio. Welcome to the Be Great with Nate office. Do you like the setup? Hey, baby. It's pretty cool, right? (laughs) You know, through your journey, right? Me knowing you, you went from um, having an internship at Tennessee. Then you went through your journey of multiple schools like Padoon Cookman, then Delaware State. Then you went to Texas. Then you went to, you got out of coaching, uh, strength and conditioning for football. And then you got brought back into coaching. Do you think that is a chance? Do you think that's a coincidence? Or did you manifest that? Did you manifest being on this level? I manifest being on this level, at this level, years ago. Mm. Um, going back to the energy, um, you know, th- those that know me, and, and you know me very, very well, my, my, my beliefs of Christianity and, and, and Jesus in the Bible, um, you know, I was just talking to you literally. It, it's, 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 it's one of those things about, because, you know, there are several things that people die every day over, mm. right? One is money, two is power, and three is religion. Yeah. And if you really break down what you watch in the news, it's one of those three categories, mm. you know. And but but my whole thing is this, you know. Um, and I've learned over the years because when I was younger, I, I didn't raise up in a family that prayed and you know things like that, right? It was just seasonal church goers, you know, Easter and Christmas and stuff like that. But as I've gone through the journey, because I'm only 38, I'm talking like I'm 78. Yeah, right. You know, but I've I've learned how to respect genuinely other people's beliefs. And I've learned how to respect that it truly does take a massive amount of faith to believe in nothing and to believe in something. Wow. It takes a lot of faith. To really absolutely believe in absolutely anything. And that there's absolutely the same amount of faith, believe mm-hmm. it or not, mm-hmm. that they believe in whatever they believe in. Mm. You know, whether it be yourself, whether it be, you know, your Jesus or, 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 or Allah or, or, or Alibaba, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it may be, man. You know, and um, as I started... Reading, I mean, that, you know, what really kicked it off, man, was the book I got you years ago. Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. I mean, and when I read that book, man, you know, I mean, I know I read it all. Yeah. But it felt like I didn't read it all because yeah. I kept going back and I kept going back. And the one thing that it was talking about, you know, was about the mastermind. And we talked about this before, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and then that turned into studying metaphysics. And then metaphysics was like, well, hold on, man, like. This energy thing is real. Yeah. And I just started realizing, like, talking about the mind and the thoughts and the consistency of the thoughts, the deep belief and the energy. And 
And so, you know, with all that being said, man, it's, 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 my whole thing is, you know, everybody talks about world peace and, and, and being a good human being, and especially being a sympathetic and showing us a, a strong level of empathy when people are going through storms in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, those are opportunities, man. It's just like the, the game of football, man. It's a game of inches. Mm. Well, when you meet with somebody on a certain area of their life at a time, mm-hmm. like, that's the fourth and one in life. That's the fourth and inch in life. Mm-hmm. Because what that person says to another person that's going through hell or going through a breaking point in their mental and their psychological makeup, it, it, it can turn to the right, to the left, or keep going straight. Mm-hmm. And so my thing is, what's the whole point of gaining all this knowledge, whether it be educational, religious, you know, social, whatever it may be, and you cannot break the barrier of that person's mm-hmm. wall. Mm-hmm. There's no point. Yeah. It's just, you, you're living yeah. just to live. Yeah. Well, there's a couple things you said I want to get back to. Um, um, Henry Ford said, um, the man that thinks he can and the man that thinks he can't are both usually right. Yeah. And that hit me hard when I read that. You know, I was um, one of, in one of my mentor's office and he had the little sticker on his desk. And it really hit me hard. Like it, it, it's something that continues to come up. Anything, anytime I think I can't do something, I'm like, if I think I can, I can't. You know, but if I think I can, I can. One of the things is, um, you know, I think life is. You know, I asked you that question because when you first got the job at USC, before you got the job, I talked to you about like two weeks before, and I was telling you like what was going on here in LA with me, and I was like, yo, I'm gonna get a house. I want you to come out and visit. And I remember like it was yesterday, I was like, yo, I want you, I want you to come out to LA and visit. And uh, two weeks later, you end up getting the job at USC. And it was like, yo, that's crazy. Because it was a time where, you know, I was here and I really didn't have anybody like family here until you showed up, you know. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you just pull up out of nowhere, which is <laughs> which is pretty funny. But, um, you know, you said, I asked you a question in the beginning, did you manifest it? And you said I manifested a long time ago. What would you say to the audience that is trying to manifest something now but doesn't see anything happen tomorrow? Life, the four months I've been here in LA, this is what I've learned. If I could put in one phrase, life is a molding process. And with that, when you try to mold something, whether it be glass, whether it be clay, it's tedious. And though the person that's trying to mold it, it's about timing, it's about persistence, it's about consistency, and it's about belief that you can shape this thing, this object to where you want to shape it to. And it's the same thing with this journey. I mean, I got out of football for three years. I, I was... And you know more than anyone. I, mm-hmm. was, I was done, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I was done. Like, stick his fork in my soul, I was done. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, reading Dave Coggins, the book, and I'm still reading what you, reading what, what you and Ryan gave me, man. I, It's just the biggest thing I've learned, man, is that I had to look at myself and be honest with myself. Because I was the, I was the biggest liar in my life was me, to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And I kept playing the victim. Mm-hmm. 
I got out of football because coach this, coach this, coach this, coach that. This happened. They didn't respect me. They didn't value me. And then I, I, I as I read in that book, I close it and I reflect. And I'm just like, well, man, it would, they weren't the issues because I empowered them. Mm. I gave them that power. That mm. was a self-decision I made unknowingly, you know. But for someone that's trying to go and, and, and manifest and, and listen, Yes, some people do get big breaks. They, they they get a vision board at Walmart in an hour. They put something up, and next week, it happens. I've, yeah. I've heard of stories like mm-hmm. that, but understand that there's more genuineness, there's more stability, and, and there's more meaning than yourself. And I want I want to really emphasize on that. There's more stability. There's more meaning and there's more genuous when you achieve what you want to manifest because it's not about you. And some people are like, oh, that just sounds so religious. No. You, you go look at some of the most happiest people. They're the people that always give and mm-hmm. expect nothing back in return. They're the most happiest people. Mm-hmm. They can be in South Africa. They can be in Germany. I mean, they could be whatever, you know? Um, so, so... I've learned that whoever's who's going through this process, uh, it took 14 years to get here. Mm. That's what people don't really understand. Yeah. Not four. Not 14. four weeks. Not four months. But 14, 14, years. 14 years to get to the level of being on this level of at coaching. This level, okay. At this coaching. And I, and I can tell everyone that's listening to this, man, is um, if I would have got it anytime sooner before this 14 years, my perspective, my level of humbleness, and uh, my level of just just gratefulness wouldn't be what it is, mm. because I had I, God knew I had to wait and go through that fourteen years of molding. Yeah, because I know me. Yeah, and that's just being transparent. Yeah, and raw. Yeah, so that's a good point right there. So <clears throat> for the audience that is listening, one of the messages that we're trying to coach you through right now, what Coach A is trying to bring you through right now is. The faster you usually get something, you miss the process of working for it. And that process makes you prepared for the thing that you want. You know what I'm saying? So like where I'm at right now, like coaching celebrities and, and, you know, being a mentor to a lot of celebrities, it's crazy that I wanted to do this for a long time. You know, I wanted to um, help a celebrity not become uh, addicted and mess up their reputation and get kicked out of Hollywood and make, you know, just, or have store, you know, just have Hollywood eat them alive. So I've been wanting to do this for a long time, but I had to go through my own trials and error as a young man in New York before getting to LA. Yeah. So I resonate with what you're saying. And the crazy thing about it is that the level that I want to get to, I'm not at yet. But now I have the perspective of saying to myself, there's something that I'm not ready. You know, something I have to sharpen up a little more before I get to that level. And that's when you do, you can't... um you can't hurt me. David Goggins mentality comes in. Yeah. Uh, it's a book by David Goggins called "You Can't Hurt Me," and the mentality in that book is that he had to look himself in the mirror and say, "Stop blaming other people for you know your losses. What are you doing wrong?" And when I look in the mirror right now, I'm like, "There's still things I have to sharpen up before I can get to the level I want to get at." So that's a good perspective to to go at it. Now, in your journey, what a lot of people don't understand, what I see is is that when you're going after a dream, there's a lot of sacrifices. 
And everybody, usually people don't really think about the sacrifices. They want something, okay, they're waiting, but then they don't understand that sometimes they have to sacrifice friends, family, location. Since I've known you, I just mentioned to the audience that you moved multiple times. You went from, since I've known you, from Delaware to Texas to Mississippi to Los Angeles. Okay, the sacrifices of moving and then the sacrifice right now of not being with your family, what gets you through the hard times of having to sacrifice? Understanding that my life is not my own. Okay. Understand and and not only understanding that, but truly accepting that. Um, you know, that, and that's where it goes down to. And it's and I can honestly say this. I know it's biased. It's a biased opinion perspective, but I've lost my father. My mother's in the hospital right now. <laughs> you know, she's seventy-one, man. You know, it's a, a, an infection in the small intestines. You know, and 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 takes very good care of herself, you know, and, um, you know, being away from my wife and my two boys and my dog, you know, and, and <clears throat> for a lot of people, they're, they're, they're shocked because, you know, how do you keep your sanity? Yeah. How do you remain faithful? How do you remain, you know, being a man of, 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 of morals and values? And you, <laughs> when the purpose is bigger than you, you start realizing Everything that's happening for you is for someone else. It's just like parenting. Mm. It's just like parenting. Um, everything that I do, AJ and Jackson are going to mimic. So I really have to reevaluate what I say, how do I react, the energy I display, why I don't display, um, things like that. You know, so um, this is one of the best things that's ever happened to me. And it sounds crazy to say that but um it has really recentered of again uh why on earth am i here for mm. is it just to be the best father is it just to be the best husband is it best to be the best strength conditioning coach is it best to be the just the best friend mentor whoever whatever people look at me or is it saying well and this has really been a voting process. So everything yeah. that I'm saying in this podcast, yeah. man, this is a direct reflection of my heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's 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 like, man, you know, one day you were 28, now you're 38. Mm. One day you were 223 pounds, and now you're 295 pounds. Mm -hmm. And one day you're fresh, and the next day you feel like oil. You know, and 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 I have to go revert back to understanding, you know, what's my purpose. Man. And that's what keeps me driving. Like my, my, my purpose is to leave a light in the darkness. Mm. My purpose is to not only say the right things at the right time, man, but have a fingerprint, an imprint at people's heart and souls and mind. Mm. So when they when they go on to the next chapter, they might forget my voice, they might forget my name, but they'll never forget. There are some people out there, man, that are beyond different. It's undescribable, you know? And again, I'm not saying you have to believe in this or you have to practice this, but um, that's what I've learned. Yeah. Because I'm, and you know, Nate, like, I mean, bro, I mean, I mean I'm, 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 and, and again, you know, you have to be aware of how you talk about yourself, but this is, just, but at, there's many times you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, I'm not the smartest. Mm -hmm. I didn't take an physiology. Mm -hmm. I didn't take these testing protocols. Everything that I've learned and through this profession has been number one on the job training, number two the willingness to read mm -hmm. and apply, it. and number three is to humble myself and to listen to other people. Mm -hmm. 
and, and, to, and to like take a little bit of this, take a little bit of this, form this, and then, you know, formulate your own blueprint. But, and we've talked about this before, you know, um, we're, we're built for communion. Mm. Humans are built for community. Yeah. And, you know, there's a difference of studies. I mean, numerous about light and darkness, like literally actual light mm-hmm. and dark and, and how it reflects one's personalities and, and, and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, when you said that, you know, um, anything you do for yourself, you really do for someone else. Um, I really resonate with that as well. You know, I, that's why I think we connect a lot. Most of the things I do is not for me. You know, like if it was for me, I'll be fine where I'm at right now. Yeah. But I have like really big goals and dreams to not only make sure like my dad is good and my family is good, but I want to go around the world and give back, you know, and I want to be able to be an inspiration. So when I leave this earth, I have podcast episodes, YouTube episodes, uh, Instagram videos. When I do, there's times where I don't want to do a video. There's times where I don't want to do a podcast, but there's times where you and I will have this conversation and, or me and a friend will have a conversation and someone goes, damn, yo, you should have. You should you should quote that, or you should uh, trademark that that saying you just said, and uh, or you should have a camera follow you. And I'm like, damn, you're right. I should. Um, so I force myself to do these podcasts to get these conversations on 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 the internet, and you know, so the rest of the world can experience and get these conversations for when they're feeling low. Yeah. You know, because I'm all right. I'm gonna be all right. I know what to do. But my goal is to teach others how to get through the mud. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you know. <clears throat> You said something that uh, I shared with uh, a month ago at a, with an intern at, U, at USC on the Olympic side, Olympic strength coach side. Mm. Young cat, young cat, very just humble and blue collar mentality. And uh, we were talking, and he was like, "You know, coach, like you know, your years of all doing all this, like you know, what 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 experience can you can you share with me?" And I said, "Bro." said never lose who you really are never lose why you do what you do don't get in don't get your identity entangled in this profession like use this profession to capture hearts don't use this profession to step on hearts to move Mm. on and (laughs) and you know that and that's where a lot of black bad blood comes in with student athlete slash coaches relationship, student slash professional relationships, you know? And um, I've worked at three HBCUs. I've, yeah. I've worked at PWIs. I've went to a PWI, you know, small and large. And, and, and I can tell you, um, you know, talking about, you know, you see in the media, but, you know, support HBCUs and this and that, you know, and, and I can say this because look, yeah. you, you can shoot, go call HR in each one of the places. You show proof that I've worked there. Um, the way you treat people lasts a lifetime. Yes. And the best indicator just in college alone or junior college, whatever it may be alone, is the alumni give back. The alumni give back is always an indicator of those individuals' experience of how they were treated and how they perceived they were treated. Mm. I mean, and you really think about that. That speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. And some people would be like, well, it's an ethnicity issue. It's a man. Listen, I, I've met stingy people of all colors, and I've met people that would give every last quarter of all colors. 
That has nothing to do with it. I mean, there's a reason why University of Tennessee and Knoxville are in the millions and millions and millions endowment. Yeah. And then you go to a place like Delaware State, where it's probably not even a quarter of it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. uh, 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 again, that's why I was just I was sharing with that young man, you know, who just started this profession. Yeah. Just going through that journey of being molded. Yeah. <laughs> what would you What would you do? What do you do on your everyday basis to stay positive and keep, you know, the mind, you know, work because. You know, there's a great um, quote out there that the mind is a muscle, you know, yeah. and I believe that. And I have a ritual that I do every day to make sure that my mind doesn't steer left to negativity or allow negativity to pull me off my journey, you know. So what do you do each and every day to make sure that you don't ever get into a negative realm of things? Um, one, I pray. Okay. Um, you know, people look prayer as meditation, which it, it is a form of meditation. It is. You know, um, um, I read my Bible, um, I, and I also read books that that speak life into me, mm. um, and that makes me really think. And um, I listen to music that only um, talk about sound waves, megahertz. I mean, that's a whole different topic, you know. Uh, and and it, this is so controversial, but just from my personal experience, like, and and, and when I say you know, bad music automatically, nine times out of 10, people are going to be like, oh, it's rap or no, man. Heavy metal, you know, we're talking about some of the most depressing songs in the world or country, mm. you know. I mean, things that you listen to continuously, you ingrain, you know, we're talking about affirmations, yep. right? Think about, think about yep. what you do, you as a generalization. Mm -hmm. When a person has memorized a three-minute song you are speaking affirmation, yep. bro. And you manifest those and things. You manifest those yep. things. And there, that's a lot of those issues. It's not because it's it's the, the gender is rap or 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 R and B. Mm -hmm. It is the messages. And then the messages tied in with the sound waves. Yep. And people really don't realize that they're speaking good. Or they're speaking absolutely off. There is no gray area. No. So that's a good point that you bring up. And it's not conf confident. Um, damn, I don't know how to say the damn word. You what, confirmation? Uh, no, not confirmation. I got Confidential? A, confidential. Um, no, that's not the word neither. <laughs> damn, I have a brain fart. <laughs> it, uh, it's another word for unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Um. Or can cause issues where people can doubt. Oh, coincidence. Coincidence yeah. that the fact of uh, music is on frequency, oh, and when music is manipulated a different on a different frequency, it creates different waves of frequency, just like light, just like regular sound, just like vibration, just like your thoughts, just like the way your body energy is, your temperature, everything works off frequencies. So. Science shows, quantum physics shows that some music is on certain frequencies that bring the body out of alignment of balance, uh, out of um, health, out of, um, damn, there's a word I'm looking for that is going to come up, um, at ease with itself. It brings it diseased with itself because the vibration, it brings the vibration off. And then when you bring the music in and some, some lyrics, some hooks, some um, they become automatic in the brain after you keep Percocet, 
Molly Percocet. That was one of the biggest songs, right? And what happens is you say that over and over and over and over and over again, it becomes subconscious, it becomes a part of your paradigm. And then from there, what happens is now when you're at a party and you're a 16 year old kid and there's Percocet being flown around, you want to take one because of the song and you want to feel cool. You want to be a part of that wave, a part of that energy. So when I got onto that, and it's not crazy that you think that, it's a fact. When I got onto the importance of what you listen to, what you watch, who's around you, it all has to do with energy breaking down to frequency of people messing up your vibration. That's why I say that's a bad vibe. Yeah. Vibe is short for vibration. That's a bad vibration. And you can feel a bad vibe walking into a room. If, if the vibe is off, you can feel it. Nobody even has to say anything. You can feel it. Mm, I'm out of here. So when I started to learn about music, I stopped, I started going, I noticed the history of music of having people like Nas, having people with messages in their music like that, like Run DMC, uh, Jay-Z uh, speaking things into existence as far as how to become a CEO of a company, how to boss up, um, to getting people like Little Pump, you know, where like the music is, you know, I thought it was unbelievable to think that people actually listen to that until you start seeing the streams, until you start actually going to the suburbs or certain parts of your neighborhood and you see the kids singing it and acting like it. Yeah. And you can see the, um, what I've learned is this. I wanted to do more research on this. I became obsessed with this stuff. I always ask why, and I won't stop doing research until figuring out why. And then, then my next question is like, why the hell doesn't everybody know? And I learned that one of the things about life is that it doesn't have value if everybody learned about it, simply just learned about it without any root causes making them go and finding that answer. Yeah. You understand? So, for example, um, when someone gets cancer, they want to know why and then get super deep into the research of cancer with the enthusiasm to try to reverse it and then they become a survivor. And then when they try to give advice to friends on how to prevent cancer, some friends won't take it as serious because it didn't happen to them yet yeah. for them to make make them want to go down that journey. So, I got on this journey. I'm like, yo, what's up with music? Why do I, you know, what's going on? What's up with this? I feel like it's a manipulation. I came to find out a couple of things. Number one, in the 19, uh, 1990s, um, most record labels sign deals with um, and, and have equity. Equity means own par or partnership with private prisons. Hmm. That's a fact. So I'm like, wow. So that's a fact. You can do your research oh, oh, oh. on it. So a lot of record labels have equity and 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 um and and partnerships with private prisons. So you go from having a Nas or um. You know, uh, rappers like J. Cole who barely get their real lyrical songs, barely get on the radio, to getting people like all the littles, Little Twist, um, I mean, not Little Twist, Little Pump, um, then you have Little Yachty, all the people that are making music that is watered down, that is influencing kids to do the things that, like drugs and things like that. You had Little Wayne when I was growing up as well. But another thing that I've learned is if you listen to the lyrics of music, it is way watered down and dumbed down. For people now compared to in the 90s, you get Nas, you get Slick Rick. There's times you have to bring in a, a, a you know, a, a textbook of um, the, the research, the, de uh, the definition of a word that the rapper said. Because it's so deep, it's so knowledgeable that you don't know what the hell that word means. Yeah. Nowadays, that's not the case for most rappers. You understand? So music, I learned the, the manipulation not only with music, after I got into the deep research with music... Music is influencing the urban areas, right? More of the urban areas to do wrong, right? The frequency making them angrier. You got like Chief Keef. You got real street people that 
the record labels are signing rather than signing true lyricists. The new wave is signing rappers who are more violent. You put them on the radio, you got 6ix9ine as a rapper who's doing the worst of the worst. Um, you put these people on radio and then you get people to feel tough when they're really not tough. Yeah. And then you get them to go on the streets and do things based on emotion from the frequency and the paradigm shift of the lyrics and the music. Yeah. So this gets deep. You know what I'm saying? You can't just talk about anybody with this. But TV does the same thing. The Absolutely. news does the same thing. Yeah. I would never... I remember... I watched the news for the first time when I graduated college. For the first time in a long time because we didn't, I didn't really have the news channel in Delaware. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when we were in Delaware, I never watched the news, bro. So one day I'm watching the news and as the news starts, I'm, this is a true story, the news starts, it starts saying, you never, you may never want to take a train after seeing this clip. And I watched the clip and there was a dude that was going to New York City in I think the summer of 2017 and he was just stabbing people up on the trains and running. He got on the train, stabbing people on the trains. And... Then the next clip, they were like, if you thought that was enough, look at this. There was a lady that was pushed in front of a train. And then there was rats on a train for another clip. So the whole news for like 30 minutes was showing me like, why not? I shouldn't get on the train. I tell you, I had to get on the train that night. And I didn't want to get on the train. I didn't go. Yeah. And right there, I caught, holy shit. They put fear in me to stop me to do what I want to do. Oh, absolutely. Imagine if I sat in front of this this news and watched it all day long. Every update, everything that goes on. And most people do that. Well, you know, I'll add the cherry on top to the statement you, you said before this. Uh, why, do, why don't people want to learn more about, you know, music and the effects of it? Well, <clears throat> besides, you know, dealing with people for 14 years... This is what I came to learn in 14 years, all right? This is 14 years of yeah, yeah. bro. People do not want to, not, not accept, but to look at truth for what it is. Mm. Yeah. It is like um, somebody that think they're, and they get the beautiful Instagram picture, a Twitter picture, and then in real life, you take all those feelings away and they look and there's no one but you in this mirror. Yep. And they look at yourself. They're like, oh my gosh. And turn like, I am ugly. <laughs> you get you get what I'm saying? But that's the, but that's the, but that's the, that's facing the truth though. Yeah, man. That's facing the truth. No, it's the way you looked at me just now. You know what I said that. <laughs> but, 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 but there's so many people like, 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 you know, I won't say no names, but you know, when I was at USC, but two or three weeks ago, I, I I talked to a person for the first time, and they were just interested in my journey. And I told them, I told them about the hardships and the marriage, or the finances, and the moving, of the yep. stability. And when I got to the marriage part, you saw the pupil of the eyes got big. Hmm. And now I triggered something. Yep. And so now they you could feel that energy and that body language get discomfort yep. because I was being vulnerable. I yep. was being honest. Yep. And you know, and it's, there's so many people, I mean, there, there's, there's truth that man, that, that I still have to face that yep. I don't, I don't want to face, yep. you know, but, but that's just the reality of we all, we all don't want to face some type of truth or truths in our lives because it, it makes us weak. Mm. And, and, and if, and if anybody's going to be honest with them, they'll, they'll say that. Yeah. It makes us weak. Yeah. Well, one thing is what we learned in um, the Holistic Institute is that when energy meets energy, 
So when someone's listening to heavy metal or really heavy beats, their energy is matching that. That's usually an angry person or a suppressed, a, a, a negative vibe type of person who matches that angry music. You never really, you know, when you're falling in love with somebody, um, people really like to listen to love music. Yeah. They don't like to listen to hardcore type of music. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they want to resonate with that. No, you know what I'm saying? But when someone's always angry, when someone's always, like for me, anytime I'm in a business mind, Jay-Z's on my music all day. Yeah. All day, the instrument, ding, 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 ding. like every, all day, all day. But there's times where I'll be in the car with Reed going to get dinner and I'm not playing Jay-Z because I'm not in a business mind right now. My vibe is more of a love vibe. Yeah. So I'll put R&B on. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I match my frequencies with my music, yeah. but I got I'm very careful when I'm upset, which I'm really upset because I don't allow myself to be upset, to put on music that match that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Another thing is, um, you discussed that when you said something about your marriage, you know, the person you was talking to got uncomfortable and you said people don't want to face the truth. One of the main reasons why people don't want to face the truth, and you can do more research on this, uh, what Carl Jung, uh, the father of psychology, he describes this as the shadow. The shadow is the part of ourselves that we don't want to look at. Not that it doesn't make us weak, it actually strengthens us, but we don't some of us don't have the power to face the shadow within us the monster within us yeah so Carl Jung says the most powerful thing you can do is knowing you can do something and not doing it and I'll give you an example you being a married man you could be in LA and a woman tries to flirt with you you know from here on out you can be unfaithful to your wife yeah. but you won't do it so you have the power to do it but you decide not to do it that makes you powerful so with the with with the shadows, what people do is there's a part of us that we don't like and we don't want to face and we don't want to admit. And when we have someone around us that has the same shadow, but they overcame their shadow, those people usually become you become haters of those people. You don't want to be around those people. You envy those people because they beat their monster and you haven't yet. Man, that's so the most one of the things that we learn is that. Anytime you find someone that's that hates on gays or that hates black people or Mexicans or whatever, deep down inside, they want to be that or they want that. So they hate them. They like for an example, you see a lot of people, you know, you know, when I was growing up gashing gay people. But deep down inside, they didn't have the courage to come out of their closet and be gay. So they hate the gay person. So that's the shadow. Yeah. So anytime someone has a shadow, like the guy that you're speaking to seemed to have a shadow when it came down to marriage, you told him the truth and you were able to be vulnerable with him and you were basically showing him how you beat your shadow and then you got him to feel uncomfortable because he hasn't beat his. Mm -hmm. So now when you go to work, he's going to dodge you. Now when you, you know, in your group oh, text, I already know Shit, how this, I know happened, how this bro. works already, bro. I, mean. I know how this works. So one of the things that you have to do is you have to understand Carl Jung also says that we are everything and until we accept that we never become our true selves mm -hmm. so Carl Jung says that you are a murderer but you just choose not to kill because you have the same ability to kill somebody like somebody else did yeah. you are a quitter but you just haven't chose to do that you know what I'm saying so when we judge a murderer when we judge a quitter deep down inside we have the same capability of doing that but we chose not to until we can have empathy for 
even people that murdered somebody, we can't become true to ourselves. Absolutely. So he gets really deep. He dedicated his whole life to this stuff. But as a coach, I had to study this because if I come across a client and like I had a shadow, one of my shadows was being fat, like being like 300 pounds. Yeah. That's a shadow. I didn't. That was just something that I was insecure about, and I did not want to be growing up. So as I lost the weight, anytime I got, I saw someone who had a lot of weight on them, I would be upset at the fact that they're being lazy, not losing weight. Yeah. Right, and that makes me a terrible coach because it's hard for me to have empathy. This is when, like, when I was in college, you know, what I'm saying when I lost my weight and when I was a freshman, I was like, everybody should be losing weight, you know, until I learned that. The reason why it really triggers me is the simple fact that deep down inside, I'm still that fat boy and I really want to live like that. Yeah. Well, you know, and that, man, I just learned a whole bunch right there. Right? Man. Seriously. <laughs> um, this is why we put on the podcast, bro. No doubt. You know, that that, that that goes to the relationship with the football coaches that had at Delaware State. Yep. What wasn't healthy. Where the same thing when I was at Houston Baptist with the football coach. The majority of them, it wasn't healthy. And yep. And, and that makes so much sense and transparency of why those relationships were the way they were. You know, I, I, I've never have, and I'm still not that coach or that mother F and, you know, call people B words or whatever it may be. I don't even, I don't even cuss hardly at all. But, and, and, you know, and, 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 and because my dad did, my dad was an ex-Vietnam. He and didn't curse? He did. He did. He did, man. And, uh, you know, and, um, you know, and I share everybody on the podcast, you know, just mm-hmm. to understand the, the, the level of vulnerability that, uh, that I, I'm willing to share. Like, I was molested as a kid. I was a molested as a kid with my god brother. You know, mm-hmm. I was a child, man. And, and, and uh, you know, I had massive pornography issues, just probably like every other man in this world. Yeah. Masturbation issues. And, you know, I got more of a, of a high masturbating and watching the video than being with a girl. Yeah, you well, know? because and, and, and you know the reason for that, though. Just the, the, the different level of stimulus. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and, and but those are things that over time, you know, God willing, man, I, uh, you know, the right, God put right people in my life. And, and, and now I just had this conversation driving up here, you know, I had a coach at Paraview, you know, asked me like, what's the biggest difference from when you were here to there? And, I was like, well, like, of course, the resources, the athlete. But I was like, but it's the environment. Yep. It really is. Like, yep. it's one of those places until you go to a place like that. It doesn't have to be USC, just the level of caliber of environment that preparation is the norm. Hard work, extra work is the norm. It's expected. It's expected. Yeah. From, from, and this is no lie. You know how some people over exaggerate podcasts and videos? The janitor to the security to coach it. No, dude, it is for real. Yeah. Like the level of expectations of everybody because, you know, I read a quote about integrity and not word for word, but here was the message. You know, it's like a person of true integrity understands that everything they do affects the organization, the family, their team. So everything they do has value and they value it. They have value in every little thing. You know, and, and, and that right there is, is just, you know, describes the environment at USC, not just athletics, but as a, as a college and 
there's a there's a reason why them in UCLA and, mm-hmm. and all these top schools acceptance mm-hmm. rates are small mm-hmm. because they don't want everybody to be in that environment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's masterminds of itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so um, you bring up a point. Um, you know, thank you for being vulnerable to the audience of um, being molested as a kid. You know, through my work here, through my practice of being a coach, I do give um, clients the questionnaire process where it doesn't ask them, have you ever been molested? Um, but what it does is if a person has experienced a lot of hip pain, lower back pain, ovary issues in women, testicle issues in men, sometimes constipation, um, those are, those signs give me someone who's molested as a child because when someone's molested as a child, all the energy of that child is focused on their private part. And when all the energy is focused on that private part, as that person gets older, their main source of energy comes through their private part. So it can make them a sex addict or um, it can make them addicted to porn. Yeah. So as I, in my practice, I come down to about... 40% of the men that I work with were molested as a child. And most of them are minorities. Mm-hmm. So that's based on my own experience. Well, you know, so ironic that you literally just said what you just said. My seven months in, in the Delta, Mississippi. So I worked in Mount Bayou, Mississippi. So Mount Bayou, Mississippi is a, is a small town of a thousand people. It's rural. The Delta, Mississippi is like. Gosh, remember when you, we met at Jersey City? Yep. Right? It is a hundred times worse than that. Wow. And it's just poor farmland. There's there's dollar trees and dollar drinnels every other turn. Um, but but what I've learned is that their mindset was even poorer. Yeah. Their speech was the poorest. Yes. And my time there dealing with those clients, and this is general population now. Yep. Um, you know, I had clients that were one that was raped by her biological brother. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 uncles and grandpas and the, the incest level of you know, it, with the 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 patients that I worked with was man super high. Yep. And it brought up a question like, well, why is that? Well, you know, you you would tie into that, you know. The, the music industry and, 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 and the frequency and the vibrations and, you know, it's it's geared towards the urban community. I mean, that proof itself. Because you don't, I mean, it happens in every culture. Yeah, it does. But just my experience there, man, I mean, the level is so high, man. Yeah. You know, and, and, and again, in an environment, and here's the thing, and here's the thing that, that shocked me the most about what I just told you about Mississippi. Every person that was honest with me about that, they were just like, well, what happened? They are just like, bro, just sweep it under the rug. Yeah. Yeah, and most people <laughs> won't. But what happens is when most people don't speak about it, these people grow up to eventually build an addiction for themselves. And when women, based on my practice, get molested at a young age, women can put on a lot of weight as they get older, unconsciously, to protect themselves. More more comfort, more distance from a man ever touching them again. And also, unconsciously, not to be attractive enough to ever be molested again. Wow. 
That's deep. That is deep. That's man. deep. So anytime, as soon as I get a client, the process that I bring clients through, you know, thank God I got my, you know, my my cert, my level two certification to be able to learn these kind of things. And it took my practice way deep, man. Um, and you saw the, for an example, um, before the podcast started, I work with a rapper called Corday here in Los Angeles. And I showed you the before and after pictures. No, you man. like, it's crazy, right? Crazy. Crazy. So, you know, from, you know, to get that type of result, um, I go deep in my coaching. Um, and when I go deep in my coaching, we, we get rid of the root issues. It's like getting, a, a, you know, rid of the junk in your garden before you start gardening, right? You can't garden or make a good garden if you have soda cans in there, junk food, old McDonald's trash and stuff. So I get rid of all the trauma and, and basically the root issues of a client. So when I usually give, before I give the questionnaire to a client, I do a consultation for free and I already know what I'm dealing with four minutes and five minutes into the conversation. Back pain, a lot of weight. Um, what happens is you mess with the chakra too. So the chakra too is your sex organs, but it also is um, connected to your adrenals, your fight or flight. So what happens is this person can be materialistic. Um, this person can be, um, oh, um, this person can be very um, manipulative, very manipulative. They can turn to people who are very manipulative. Um, it depends on what level they're on, um, but most of the time. The chakra too becomes the is the root cause. So if someone's molested as a child, that becomes the mother chakra. That becomes where everything started, all the problems. That usually goes up to chakra three. These people develop like digestive issues, uh, insecurities, uh, caring what other people think about them. Yeah. Um, always trying to be perfect with everything. Um, so you know, perfectionism is one of them. So my main issue growing up as a kid was chakra one and chakra one is about safety and security and uh that usually comes in with high levels of stress anxiety someone who has high levels of excess anxiety who can't sit down who's fidgety these are all due to like a chakra one issue um so that's what i have but mine started to go up into chakra three started it's called the daughter chakra so it started in chakra one but it's manifesting itself as chakra three yeah. so i had all these digestive issues caring what other people said and then after i got through that Every seven years, you have to master each chakra if you like it or not. That's a fact. So right now in my life, my body, and this is a true story. It freaks me out how these things work. Um, People get really scary of of chakras because some people try to take chakras and make a whole career out of it and get real woo-woo with it. Um, And they make my job harder when I try to approach a client with this kind of stuff. But I bring the science out. Basically, a chakra is... From your nerve, from your spine, goes around, connects to an organ, muscle, and feeds right back into the spine, then goes and feeds a part of the brain. So for an example, what is chakra two? It goes from the organs of your sex organs through your lower abdominals to your pelvic floor, back into your spine, feeds up to the spinal cord, into the brain, and turns on a certain part of the brain. Whatever part of the brain it turns on and makes active, like if you take someone who's a serial killer, they study their brains and had one brain, one part of their brain more active than other parts. And they and they take all serial killers and compare them and they have that same activity in the same part of the brain. Yeah. Okay. Same thing with drug addicts and everything else. So let's go back. 
if someone experiences trauma as a kid in their sex organs that traumatizes not only sex organs but the nerve that connects the sex organs with the muscle nearest to it back into the spine and feeds the part of the brain that manipulates that person to turn on that part of the brain early all in stage. So when that person gets older, they have more activity in their sex organs so it creates a sexual addiction. Or it can make them go the opposite way, be so traumatized that they don't want like touching themselves, looking at themselves down there, and they don't want to ever be touched by a guy again or a girl again. Yeah. So it could do either or. That's why it's called it. It's either it's active or non-active due to trauma from childhood. Yeah. So, but every seven years, if you like it or not, the nervous system likes to likes to focus more on one chakra. You start from chakra one from your childhood, from one to eight years old, safety, and that has everything to do. You coming into this world and you feeling safe and secure. Yeah. If you're traumatized from one to eight, your brain perceives that it's not safe and secure. So for the rest of your life, you probably have more activity in that part of the brain that makes you feel like someone like me. What's my issue? What time is it right now? Five o'clock, six o'clock? Yeah. I'm still working. I started work at five in the morning today. I don't know how to not work. Not because I'm thinking about money all day, but it's which my driving me. I never want to go back to not being safe and secure. Yeah. Because in my childhood, I was homeless. That. We talked about we that, right? We talked about that, man. So every seven years, you go up. So right now, I'm in the in the heart chakra. And I have, I get my blood work done. The heart chakra is how to give love, but learn how to receive love. Absolutely. I have a problem on receiving love. Well, you know, just two things. Um, you know, it, it's... Well, you know what a coincidence that it takes every seven years, you know, about the chakras and the reevaluates, right? And but think about you know something that I've I've uh, looked more of a just a study of numerology. Mm-hmm. Seven, seven, okay, and 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 the, and the Holy Bible uh, spiritual means, means spiritual means 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 holy. Yep. Seven years, <laughs> yeah. right? Seven years yep. to do the 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 reevaluation of the chakras. Think about this. I, I don't know about every state, but in Texas, your records, depending on your like your your felonies and things like that, but yep. it takes seven years to get clear. Think mm. about what holy is. The word holy, it cleans. Mm. What's white symbolize holy, cleans, mm. right? You know, so like that. Um, you know, so and 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 that's just the just the biggest thing, man. Um, and then, and then also, you know, talking about love, and, and and that's the thing too. You know, and we you've told me this numerous of times, and I can like if it was a tape recorder. You know, when I was at Dell State and I was going through my depression, we were both going through depression, big time. And you're just like, you know, you're so much better than this. You're so much better than this. Like you're so much more worth than this, right? And it was one of those things. I gave love. But I believe that everything was going on, nobody loved me back. Mm. And that's why I always stood in the office. And nobody would have never knew mm-hmm. unless the conversations that you and I had. Mm. You know, because, you know, and here, here's the all honesty, man. Like, a lot of your former teammates, like, mm-hmm. I love and respect them, mm-hmm. but I don't talk to them at mm-hmm. all. Yeah, I don't talk to a lot of my old teammates neither. You know what I'm I saying? ain't talked to my teammates when I was. You know what I mean? When I was on the team. You know, you know? so it, 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 it's, it's that thing. But here's the thing, though: there's more of the athletes that I coached at Houston Baptist University football team that 
I still, to this day, literally to this day, I still keep in contact. And you know what the difference was? Mm. Is that I had those those kids that I trained, not everybody, but there mm-hmm. was more of those young men on that Houston Baptist University football team that loved themselves a lot more than the kids that I dealt with at Delaware State. Mm. And therefore, those relationships that I built with those young men were not just because I was their strength coach and they were the football athletes. It was genuine. It mm-hmm. was sincere. I mean, that's why I still keep in contact literally well, every month, five or six of them a, a month. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a couple things that I want to bring you through and I want to go through with you. Um, number one, um, I'm going to bring you through a chakra thing real quick just to see if, you, if it resonates with anything. Um, number one is you're going through your third eye chakra right now at 38. And um, the, the, the color comes is indigo, right? And the element is light. So it's funny you just said that. And um, the location is your forehead. So see if you have any tension in your forehead or if you like rub the middle of your forehead. Um, I always have things like that. The psychological function right now is probably basically right now in the time of your life, your intuition is probably stronger than ever. Oh, absolutely. That's intuition. It's yeah, your intuition. Absolutely. The body function is your lower brain, your left eye, your ears, your nose, your nervous system. Um, so basically, you, you're probably more in tune with your nervous system. You're more in, start seeing if you smell things more, if you can hear things a little more. Um, the um, If you're balanced and everything's good, your intuition's super, your thoughts are very clear, and you're, it's easy for you to make decisions. Yeah. But when you are dysfunctional, when you have bad days... Remember I said this because you'll call me one day. You're going to be overly analytical. You're going to be overthinking about things. You're going to be doing numbers. You're going to be yeah, breaking yeah, these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to be distrust, uh, distrusting. So you'll be meeting colleagues, new colleagues, new people, and you, uh, I don't know. I don't know because of your experiences, not only at Dell State, but you're at that chakra of not trusting everybody right now. Uh, you could be a little anxious. Um, you can have migraines and you can have vision problems. So be aware of that if you're off balance Well, with that. you know- and this ties back to in the beginning, you know, working out to the audience about they want to manifest. Like, mind you, um, God has blessed me. I'm at USC, man, okay? I'm, I'm very, very blessed in all aspects. But but four four weeks ago, I, I, I broke a I came to a breaking point. This is at USC, bro. This is not, you know, like, we get free food, bro. Like, mm-hmm. we get, you know, and... And he was the root of it, you know. Yes, I'm an assistant. You know, my my, my best friend is the head strength coach. Yep. Bobby and I were roommates and teammates at Bellhaven College. Mm-hmm. We were in each other's weddings, right? And mind you, I've since then, you know, I've been a head director here, director there, director there, and to come back a full circle, being an assistant, it's been it's been humbling. Because I had to go back to saying, you know what? I had to gut check myself and say, man, I, I'm I'm not bigger than checking numbers off a chart. Yep. I'm not bigger than I was like, bro, no. Yep. Like this is the stuff that physically has helped propel me to go yep. through this journey to get where I'm at. Yep. And, you know, but at that time, I'm just like, I should be used more. I got more wisdom. I got you know this experience. But then again, everything's about timing. Yeah, and at this age for your chakra, the more the most things are going to be, uh, not only your intuition, I forgot to mention this, wisdom is going to be key. 
Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna see your wisdom be at the sharpest it's been. Well, you know, too, man, and, and um, gosh, not a coincidence, it's all this conversation yeah. happening, right? <laughs> I, I had a colleague today, you know, they're just like, you know, man, you you just you just smooth. And I'm like, yeah, man. Like I I've gotten to a point where but the younger coach A, oh, I was quick to go talk to everybody. Yeah. Like the coaches and stuff. I was like, listen, what's truly meant to be will flow smooth, man. But I was like, but that can't happen if I don't stay true to myself. Yeah. If I try to put a mirage and try to be someone that I truly am not, I can't have that effect when that opportunity comes yeah. with that person. And sometimes it may never, ha has will happen. So talking about people pleasing and, yep. and and things like that. I mean, and you know, from my experience, that's the biggest thing I struggled with at Dell State, man. Yep. Holy moly. That was really the root yep. of all my issues from personal to professional is that I was just trying to seek a, a, literally approval from people that hated their own lives. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and remember I said I wanted to bring up two things. Number one, about your chakra. Um, number two is about it's the environment that you're in and you're coaching in has a lot to do with the energy that comes around you. I hated Delaware State because it felt like, you know, I don't tell a lot of people this, but growing up, I sold drugs, right? Yeah. And I sold drugs for my dad. Yeah. You know, my dad would give me pills and he'll be like, all right, you're going to go across the street, give this dude the pills. He should give you 1200 cash bring it back to you, whatever the case may be. So I would be in the projects and a lot of dudes would hate me because they knew who my dad was. He was the head honcho, but it was very competitive. People want to see you lose. People want to take your clients, you know, and I never want to know how much your pill went for. I never even wanted to count the money because I never wanted to get into the game. I knew if I learned the, 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 the numbers, I knew I was going to get into the game. So I did it because my dad was disabled. So it's not like my dad was like, go do it because I, no, my dad just couldn't walk across the street at the moment. You know, he's yeah. in pain. And that's how we were living in hotels at the moment. So I had to make this this move for him, right? So that continued to go on from like 11 to like 17 years old. And then one day I told my dad like, yo, I can't put that shit in my pocket. You know, like, yeah. you know, I get caught, you know, I'm losing my scholarship. You know, he respected that. He knew it. Um, and remember, we only did things to survive. We, we never tried to do it to get a new car in front. And no, we literally... If we don't do this, we the lights go off tonight, you know? So when I was at Delaware State, it felt like I was in a drug game. So you got to witness the drug game. And one thing that you have to put together is that you're at Delaware State. The main people from Delaware State is going to be in the DMV area. So you got Philadelphia, you got Delaware, you got some Virginia, you got Maryland, D.C. kids, and you got New Yorkers and Jersey boys in there. If you don't know the history of Jersey and New York, Jersey, those areas, that's the competition was high for drugs. Where all those, where most of us came from the streets on that football team. Yeah. So you were around a bunch of dudes that just made it out, that had the talent to pull them out the hood. A lot of my teammates moved grimy. They didn't know how to not move like they were still in the streets. Mm -hmm. So that's why I studied Jay-Z at a young age because Jay-Z was in the streets but Jay-Z had to outsmart his competition. And my football teammates, as much as I love them, they were competition at the end of the day. And I had to see what's going to make me different than my teammates. How can I become successful when I'm done here? Because 
you know, I can compete heavy with them right now. You know, you came to practice in the new Jays. I'll go buy some Jays right now. Or you got this chick. I'll go get this chick. And it, and it was, you know, you caught two passes. That's why you had the receivers always fighting. You caught two passes. I'm going to catch three. You know, and you get caught up in the game. It, it was a game, you know, and, and we're talking about scholarship money. We're talking about 30 grand a year. Yeah. So a lot of my teammates still had that game, that, that gang and drug mentality. And I knew half of them, no, 80% of them wasn't about that life. And my freshman year when we didn't, you weren't there, I had to put on this role of being more about that life because I was about that life, but I had to put on the role of showing that I was about that life. Fighting, threatening teammates, yeah. competing to the max, outdoing everybody, and I was only doing it to compete with them. Now, what happens is you, you and I'm going back to say what I'm about to say now is, I had to outsmart them and understand that, that you know me speaking gangster, talking gangster, you know out, you know I used to bring my gang friends down to school to show them like. You look, if you fuck with me, we're going to get you. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. The threaten. I used to use my friends to let niggas know, like, I'm going to threaten you. If you fuck with me, we pulling up tonight. And I did yeah. that a couple of times. Then I'm like, what am I doing right now? So I listened to Jay-Z because Jay-Z taught me how to go from being a gangster from the streets, a little gangster that I was, to someone who outsmarts everybody to become a CEO of a company and become a businessman. You bring up a, you know... And I've told you this before over the phone numerous times, but I bring it up to the podcast for everybody that's hearing this. Um, while I was at, at, in Mississippi for those seven months, I came across a book, uh, The Science of Getting Rich. Yep, I read that book. Right? And that is one of the most influential and powerful books I personally have ever read because it, it, that author repetitively Repetitively yep. <laughs> yep. emphasized it is wiser to be in a creative mindset than in a competitive mindset. Yep. Of how when you a competitive mindset, you're focusing, your energy goes to that thing or that group or that person. Where you're creative, it's unlimitless yep. things. And 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 you know, and, and you're talking about your mom because I, I, I mean, I saw, I saw the house. You showed me the house you lived that you and your brothers lived in, and in the streets, man, and and to where in L.A. right, and we're over here, you know, in the nice part, right? And, and, but, in but, the but, suburbs, but, right? The <laughs> suburbs, right? You know, but um, of just the the power of of, of environment and and the power of mind shifts from a competitive, creative mindset. Yep. I mean, and truly, you know, dipping back into that, you know, I manifest this years ago, down that line of those journey of that of those years, I lost that drive. Mm. As a matter of fact, I gave up on that dream. Mm. I did. Um, because I let those, again, being honest. Yep. You became I competitive. Let, I came competitive. Yep. And I let those external issues from coaches the administration the athletes the the situations um eat me up yeah it ate me up and and, and their 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 perception and that kept everybody wasn't a bad person it was just you know there was a handful but their the biggest thing that I, I and i learned was man i'm preaching a good game man and i'm influencing lives but 
I'm missing one person that's me. Mm. And their their perception of reality became my reality. And that's why I'm saying through that process, I lost myself and I gave up and I quit on that dream. Um, long story short, time, everything we're talking about, um, I came home from work one night and just went on indie.com just to see what's out there. What was the first thing that popped up? It was USC football. Yeah. I sent it to my best friend who was at Notre Dame. And next thing you know, and after that, bro, I mean, God honest truth, man, look, you can ask him. I didn't even ask for a job. Yeah, he gave it to you. No, he didn't even give it to me. No? The first the first night, I was like, he told me, he's like, don't tell no one, you know, I got an interview Monday coming up. That I was like, bro, I'm so happy for you, man. Like, and I went to sleep. I didn't, I didn't text him, like, you know, give me a job, bring you with me, man. Think about it. I went to sleep that night. And man, something in my spirit just tugged on me. And I woke up and just, I text him. And I text him. Now, this is somebody I've been knowing about for a long time. Oh, wow, yeah. I said, yo. I said, man, I know you can pick from a lot of people, but it's in my heart just to ask you to have the opportunity to interview. And that was it. And one thing led to another. And, um, you know, here I am with you, man, in in in, in L.A., man. Yeah. You know, and uh, but, and again, it just shows how powerful um, imagination is. We talked about this with Dr. Seuss and yep. why they're taking it away. And you, you you look at these children programs that they're taking away; it they're eliminating the ability for a young person to imagine. Yep. Because without imagination, there are no infrastructures. There are no rules. There, how can you have rules and infrastructure if something's not there? Yep. You know, how can you build something if you first don't build it in your mind? Yep. You know what I mean? So um, th- th- those are things that, 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 that I go deep into, man. But, you know, and now, like we talked about it before, off the podcast, right here to the thousands of people that are going to listen to this, you know, it's not the struggle. It's like file cabinets. File cabinets... Right, in offices. File cabinets are there for a purpose for what? To reference back. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I have to go through my file cabinet in my mind once again to say, I know what I need to do to lose weight. I know what it needs to do to be disciplined and be consistent. But now my purpose is, yes, before 10 years ago, man, I wanted to bench 405 multiple times and all that stuff. Now, man, I just want to feel good. Yeah. I just want to feel good. That's my purpose from a physical standpoint because, again, you know, you're my biggest teacher, man. You know? It's like you're sharper. There's a reason why CEOs and leaders of companies are fit. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. You know? You're talking about the, the you know, the, the chemicals imbalances and, mm-hmm. and the, you know, the, the anger. You know, my, my, my best friend was just telling me about this, what, three days ago? You know, and, uh, you know, he was just saying, like, the more aerobic capacity a person has, the greater chance they can control their anxiety. Mm-hmm. I never heard of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, in my mind, I want to be like, man, I want to go run 10 miles. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. But my knees were like, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know? You know what I mean? So... But 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 again, 
how would I have ever be in the state of mind that I am now if I wasn't in that environment? Yep. Think yep. about where you live at. Yep. You're not paying for the house. No, I'm pay I'm paying for the environment. Same thing with private school to public school, regardless of the views. You paying for the environment. Paying for the environment. Um, that's very big. Um, I get really uncomfortable when I go back to my old neighborhood. It makes me uncomfortable, super uncomfortable to go and visit my family and stuff. Because I it I feel the energy try to bring me back to the little version of myself that I once was. Mm -hmm. And I don't like it. You know, and, and it's you know, when I go in, into my old neighborhood, I go in my old neighborhood with the intention of bringing the environment up, the, the energy up. And each neighborhood holds an energy because each neighborhood has, just like your house has its own Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I can't connect to your Wi-Fi if I'm outside of and too far distance away from your house. Absolutely. Each neighborhood holds their own Wi-Fi of energy because the Wi-Fi, your phone, all connect to something called the ether. That's why the iPhone has something called the cloud. You can save something in the cloud. It's not on your phone. Where the hell is it? It's in the ether. Yeah. We have a memory card in the in 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 space. Not in space. The in space we do too. But the ether is located around us. That's how your phone is able to connect to Wi-Fi. As long as you're close enough in that ether. Well, neighborhoods hold the ether of energy of memories, ideas, and feelings. So you can go through some neighborhoods and get an idea, and it came out of nowhere because your brain is a receiving a receiving station from the ether. So that's why if you and I get close together and we sit and we start storming up ideas and we're on the same harmony in a good environment, we have the power of pulling that a bigger idea than one brain because you got two brains tapping into the ether. That's what Napoleon Hill talks about in um, Think and Grow Rich. Mastermind, Mastermind is bringing more more than one brain together on the same harmony to own the idea. He got Think and Grow Rich the idea with his book editor. And it, and and he he went through a thousand names before yeah. he got to Think and Grow Rich. You know, you know, and one thing, you know, because you're you're always giving wisdom and advice to seems like millions of people. Um if there was a word of wisdom from a profession, a professional standpoint, you know, like serving people, helping people get physically better and mentally stronger and things like that. Is um, this is what I struggle with in my twenties as as a, as a coach? Mm. Is uh, <laughs> it goes back to belief, like the, the power of belief. I truly believe back then that I could save everybody that came across my way. <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, it that's the problem God that I have. Honest, when I yeah. was at Bethune, my first yeah. full time job, like yep. matter of fact, one of the kids that that was was a knucklehead. Now he's doing well. Now his father got a great job, but he was a Jersey kid, played for Rutgers. Oh, oh yeah, and right, and I, I I remember you know, and he doesn't mind Eddie Poole. I remember you know Eddie Poole, and, and I remember he transferred from the Rutgers that day. He was a receiver, six three, like you know, one ninety, just super, just extremely talented. And his position coach was the head coach of Bethune Cookman, so they, you know, came together type of deal. And I, I remember my first day. It was like what April seventh, mm -hmm. right? And uh, he wasn't doing the exercise right. Mm -hmm. And I said, "Hey, man, you need to do one, two, and three. He looked at me and said, "Bro, 
What you talking about? I got this. And so I started going off, right? So after the lift, I go to to the head coach and I was like, hey, you know, Coach Jenkins, you know, Eddie Poole, blah, 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 blah. He said, man, stop. He said, listen, if you can't convince that young dude to do what we got to do, he said, then I hired the wrong person. So either A, you walk out this office and find a way to communicate with that kid or B, I'll fire you. Oh, man. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, but that was the beginning of, of, yeah. of, of another level of humbleness, man. And, and I had yeah. to really learn how to connect with individuals that, that are not at Tennessee, man, and, yeah. and, that, and, and, and not, not an environment like that. And I mean, that was just, there was trap houses right behind the weight room. <laughs> I mean, you know, I saw well, that. And those that know me, I don't say words no, like you that, don't. you know, but, but, but I mean, it's just, it's well, at Platoon Cookman? Yeah. Well, we played a Platoon Cookman um, my junior year, and I remember, I, I seen the neighborhood. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it, it is prostitutes thing, yeah. half a mile down the road. And, yeah. I mean, it's I a whole, never went it's there. a third world country, man. Well, uh, my next one of my next guests that's gonna come on the show. Um, he played basketball at Pathum Cookman. I'm gonna see if you guys actually came across each other's path. Actually, What's name? his name is Ace. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll introduce you to him. He he's actually the manager of Corday, the rapper. Oh, okay. And he's one of the most he's one of the most inspirational dudes I've met, that's and awesome. most loving dudes I've ever met. He he's the one that got Corday for me as a client. He got us a. A, a meeting at Puma for an endorsement deal. Awesome. So he got me. He he he's he's above and beyond like a brother to me, you know. So, um, but I'm I'm gonna show you his Instagram later and see if you 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 saw him around on campus and I'm gonna ask him. But he went to Pathum Cookman and um, he said some things like the same thing you said, like it's the trap and stuff. So it was interesting. Um, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't wait to get out of Delaware. It's tough. The Delaware made me feel depressed. It's a depressed state. No offense to people who live in oh, Delaware, absolutely. but in Dover, Delaware, I where agree. I was at, it was very dark. It was very windy, very windy, and it was just if you go down too south, like fifteen minutes too south, you're gonna see some racism. <laughs> you know, if you go too north, you're gonna get in the hood. Yeah. It was just a very, very uh, bad, bad situation to be in. But it's crazy. Well, I think you know. Thank you for coming up, man, and and, yeah. and having this conversation. This absolutely. is a good convo. No doubt, man. You know, I forgot we were recording for a minute. <laughs> For real. Until I have to adjust, sometimes I just adjust the mic, but this is the reason why I got this set up the way I do, you know, yeah, so we man, can just chill you know, and talk. And and, and again, I, I just reemphasize, man, like, to, I, and I hope a lot of people listen to this podcast is, is um, you always hear don't give up, but I'm going to take a little deeper of why I don't give up. Um, because the harder your situation in life gets, that's, you're getting there's a difference between getting mold, molding something in the beginning and then being detailed about your molding. When things get so severe in your life, that's when you're being mold detailed of your purpose of why you're living. Mm. Now we have a choice to get better or to get bitter. Mm. That's it. There is no gray area. I'm a, I used to believe there was a gray area, but I firmly believe in my heart, my soul, and my mind. There is no gray areas. It's either right or left, man. You know, so those that are that are are, are, are going through whatever marital, financial, career, um, um, just self worth, um, you and I have dealt with all those issues. Yeah, man. Um, all at once. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's just understand that 
the harder things get, the more you feel like you can't breathe. Um, just understand that 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 that's when you're being sharpened and detailed into the thing that you were created to give back to the people that come through your life. But it, if you quit, it will only be as sharp as you let it would be. It won't be as 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 piercing it could be, and eventually it get dull. That's where we got to resharpen knives and sharp things. And it's the same thing every seven years. That's resharpening. Yep. And 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 so that's why I just tell everybody, um, you know, and 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 again, a lot of things I learned from you, and um, you know, but but it's part of those things that you have to understand. Life is a, life is a, is a molding process, and once you understand that and believe that, you can breathe. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think um, before we end the podcast, I, I want to say one thing. You said it in the beginning of the podcast, and I never got to really come back to it but when you gave me think and grow rich it was the first book i've ever read front to back um it came in in, in you know they said when the student's ready the teacher appears yeah the process the time you gave me think and grow rich was the time where i just went through a heartbreak and aside from the heartbreak i also um just took myself off Adderall. I was put on Adderall for like six, seven weeks. And I just stopped it myself. And I was learning about myself and why I had attention disorder. And I started to teach myself on how to eat better. That's what got me into these things. And that's when I came out to be finding out that inflammation causes ADD and a whole bunch of digestive issues and anger issues and anxiety, which I struggled with. And I did research on you know, just experimenting, taking gluten out of my diet and dairy and immediately saw a difference. And as soon as I threw the gluten in, I saw some problems. And as soon as I threw the dairy in, I had problems. So I paid $1,000 on my financial aid check to go get a test done to see if I have celiac disease. And I had it. Huh. And I diagnosed myself before I got it. And Aris was there, the star the football team, bar receiver. Dehan was there. All my friends were there. And I turned my, I, <laughs> I turned my room on campus into a, a laboratory. So if you came into my dorm room, I had pills everywhere. I had research papers stuck on the wall. And they used to laugh at me, but not in a bad way. Yeah, They were like, yo, this dude, Nate, is going to be like a scientist or like a, he's going to change a lot of things in the future. But we had a break. And on that break, I was coming to you having these problems, but I started to be aware I had these issues and I'm, I'm feeling better. You gave me a book and I tried to read a book for the first time because I had ADD. Um, I don't know how to say the world correctly, but I'm dyslexic. Um, I read backwards. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I read backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you gave me the book. One thing that helped me in the book and motivated me is the damn notes you took in the book. (laughs) You took so many notes on each page. You highlighted. You made little. And I said, I'll read a page and I'll be excited to get to the next page because you have so much notes. So I know the next page has so much meaning in it. So I'll turn the page, I'll read on your notes, and I'll read the page, and I'll start, oh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And then you'll highlight certain things that, I, you know, that spoke out even more to me. It was like as if, like, you knew you were going to give me the book without knowing you was going to give me the book and before you do it. Yeah. That motivated me to want to finish the book. And when I finished the book, I felt like I had this magical key in my pocket. And from that day, I changed my – but two things that happened. Number one, that those notes helped me. But number two, I finally found something to show people that I'm not crazy. 
And what I mean by that is that I always second guess when everybody's being running towards one way. I always second guess. I'm not a political dude. But when everybody says one person is bad in politics and you, you're being censored to say the other person did something bad and, and it's forcing you to run the other way with everybody else, I question that. Yeah. I question where studies say sugar is good for you or not bad for you. I, I question that. And then I look at the studies and see that the people who pay for the studies to say sugar is not bad is Kellogg, a sugar industry company wow. that drives the research. Then I started to see Toronto University where we trust a lot of our, and Harvard University, where we trust a lot of science come from, are funded by the sugar industry. I did not know that. That's a fact. Look it up. Oh my gosh. So there's a saying that says, follow the money. So when I was young, I used to call these things out. I never believed paying for college. I had a teacher that, he was the smartest teacher I've ever met. He was, he was like 25, 26, he was 20, no, he was like 32. And everybody respected him. And one day, him and his best friend are both teachers for my sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. They teach, one teach science, other one teach reading. They had a discussion about how they're not going to be done paying their debt off until 55. Their student loans. And I heard that in sixth grade. I was like, you're this smart? And you're going to be paying debt for the next 24 years? I... So immediately, when everybody, when I was in high school and everybody's like, go get student loans, go get student loans, go, I was like, uh, I went against it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to get a scholarship. Oh, you can't, you can't, you can't, you're crazy. So what I, when I mean that the book made me feel like I wasn't crazy, it's because everything the book said to do to make a dream come true, I did on my own already. Yeah, yeah. And I found something to show that I wasn't crazy, that someone talked about these steps. Absolutely. Desire imagination, making a decision, persistence, Absolutely. consistency, faith. I did all those things. Yeah. All those things. One, another thing is um, basically getting into the paradigm, automation, um, getting a thought and the feelings to be automated in the body. So doing it over and over again so it becomes subconscious. So every day when I woke up in hotels, I had a subconscious mind of this hotel is my house, my mansion and people just living here and paying me and working here. Yeah. When I well wake up and go to school and I had a, it took me an hour and a half to get to school because I couldn't afford to take the bus. I used to say to myself every day, "This is gonna pay off. This is gonna pay off. This is gonna pay off." I I literally hypnotized myself. I automated these thoughts in my body that came subconscious. So when you gave me the book, it was like the filing cabinet that you spoke about earlier. That you just had to basically. You know, I'll remind yourself. And when I was at Delaware State, I got unfocused. I got to my goal. My goal is never to go to college on a scholarship, to have a room, to have food, to be homeless free, you know? I got all that. And I'm like, oh, I got my goal. What now? Yeah. So I didn't I didn't have a desire for anything. So I had to make my desire. Yeah, yeah. I had to make a decision. I had to build up my imagination. I had to, you know, and I did all those things, those steps again from the book reminding me. So it's funny, you know, I remember when you gave me the book, it was actually on a Friday. <laughs> I got, I remember like it was yesterday. I went to the room. I had the book in my hand. I got my book bag 
and I got on the, the it's called the, uh, the the Chino bus, Chinese bus, yeah. that takes you from Delaware to New York for $20. 20 it smelled like piss. It was a purple bus. Yeah. And I got on that bus, and I read, I read. I got off the bus on 33rd Street, New York City. I got on the one train that takes you to Washington Heights. And I, I read it the whole way there. I, I get to Ree's house. Ree and I hang out. I go to sleep. I wake up, and I read that damn book. When I, by the time I got back to school, I was on my second second way of reading it. I was on my second time reading the book from front front to back. You know, and I never told you this. I know I never told you this. When I got that book, and I got that book because I went to Amazon and I was looking for another book. Well, you know, the author, uh, the, the uh, what is it called? The keyboard? No, the surf a- engine. Authorism or algorithm? Algorithm. Algorithm. When you suggested that, right, it, it, you know, it, and you go to like a Yahoo, right? Yep. They'll pull up those books like similar to. Yep. What guess what popped up? It was the Think and Grow Real. Yep. Well, the title's already catching. Yep. So I clicked on that ad, and there it went. And it just I started reading the back, and I was like, oh, man. And so I clicked out of that, went to Amazon, and I did that. And when I when I got done with that book. And and again, I'm not an ordained minister. I don't want anybody to think that. But when I got done with that book, man, mind you, at that time, there's a few reasons why we connected. Number one, we both like lifting weights. Yep. You know, working out. Number two, um, we were both depressed. Yep. All right. And then and then number three, I was just, I was just, I just wanted to be a good person and be a be a be a positive person in somebody's life. Yep. And we always connected since you got in. You know, we, 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 you know, aside from lifting weights and being depressed, before we got depressed, we were, we matched each other's energy. You yeah. know, I was like, I'm going to do what this dude does when I'm done with this football stuff, but I'm not going to do it. I, I never like to be told what to do. Yeah. I don't like nobody limiting my ideas. So you see the story about Pathum Cookman and the dude said, if you don't know how to coach that kid, you got to get fired. See, I can't go through that. Because I'm not going to force myself to be with somebody and coach somebody who doesn't want to be coached. Well, then, and, and that's why nothing just happens. Everything yep. happens for a reason. For a reason, yep. You know, um, when I got done with, literally when I got done with that book, man, I didn't even think about you, man. Just instantaneously yep. came to my mind. You gave it right to me I right when you were done. That book. And I'm taking, it was on your desk. Yeah, it was on my desk. I'll never forget that. I, I never forget it yeah. neither. And, I, and, 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 and like, you don't understand how much that book changed my life, bro. Oh, I mean, you know, and but 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 here's the here's the, here's the thing about you know the purpose being more bigger than yourself. If I didn't take that risk to be the head guy at 29 years old at Delaware State, I left the top MEAC school to come to the worst yep. MEAC school. <laughs> I can't. I went from. I went For people from, to understand that MEAC is the conference he came from. He came from the number one school in the conference to the worst school, which was mine. And I'm, the pay difference was like there wasn't a difference. Mm. So it was a lateral move financially, but positional, it was up. Yep. On the resume, but but again, think about. As a matter of fact, I told you, but I think you forgot. I, uh, I, I submitted my application when it first came open, and then I took it off. Oh, yeah, I took it off because at the very last minute, I said, "No, nah, what would I make that move?" Mm-hmm. 
Let me show you how God works, man. This is the God honest truth, bro. I, it was coincidental. It was that Friday. I'll never forget this. I come back two weeks, and the SWA says, Adrian, I need you to come to my office and now. I'm thinking, like, okay. She said, sit down. I was like, yes, ma'am. She said, you're you are going to apply for that job and you're going to get it. I said, Miss Brooke, I said, I don't know. She said, no. She said, I know you're not ready. But she said, I know you are destined for better things. Mm. And so I applied. <laughs> I reapplied. Yeah, wow. And here's the thing. I waited after the deadline I heard from them once, like, okay, you're the finalist in the finalist oh, wow. pool. I interviewed on the phone, right? I didn't hear anything for two weeks straight. This is after the, the final, the uh, three of us. I'm thinking, like, crap, I didn't know I didn't get the job. Hey, man, that intuition in the heart says call them. I call HR. And I was like, hey, you know, this is Adrian Briones, you know, uh, just call me. Oh, yeah, uh, you got the job. I was like, what? They're like, yeah, you got you got the job since last week. They're just waiting on your approval. Oh, wow. You're talking about it was meant to happen. Because yeah. think about this. None of this would happen. Yeah. None of this would happen. Yeah. The friendship, the, the, the. Yeah. None of that would have happened. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I just, and, and, and again, man, everything happens, man. Not because for us, man, with the, the motives to be detailed into. To, and to, to sharpen our tools that we created for our purpose to, to influence other people's lives. But but until you believe that, it doesn't matter. Like like today, yeah. after the spring game, I mean practice, uh, one of the defense coaches said something so powerful, bro. He says, it doesn't matter what defensive call we make. That's not what makes it work. He says, but what makes that play call is that you truly believe that play is designed to stop the opponent mm -hmm. and you believe in yourself and you combine all three that's what makes it work and I'm thinking think and grow rich bro that yeah. was the first thought that came into my mind yeah well the you know I wasn't supposed to go to Delaware State I had my first scholarship was Temple University you know I had Temple I had Miami I had a whole bunch of big time schools but um, I knew I was going to play early at Delaware State. I knew I wasn't going to play early at those other schools. So, but Delaware State was never meant for me to go play football. Delaware State taught me how to be a hustler. <laughs> for real. So what happened was um, at a young age, I learned how to, you know, you know, be a hustler. But when I got to Delaware State, I, know this was a, I noticed a problem and a solution. I need to make money. So besides selling drugs, I started cutting hair. And as I started cutting hair, I ran a business on campus for three years. So I know how to deal with a client. I know how to ask for money up front. I know what to do when someone doesn't pay me. I know how to deal with different type of energies. I know how to um, be disciplined with my, my schedule. At the same time of holding down another business of my football scholarship. And at the, other, you know, at the same time of making sure that I support my family at home. Yeah. My little brothers. So... It gave me a business mind 
sharp business mind that I didn't need to go to school for. I learned it even more there. And then when I went home for, now when I'm home for uh, winter break, I got to try to get clients when I'm home. Then when I went to Florida for two weeks, I had to figure out how to get in Miami, how to get clients while I'm on my break to make money. So it taught me how to be an entrepreneur really young. And Delaware State brought me to trials and errors to make me a sharp entrepreneur. So right now in this room right here, this is this office right here, this desk, me sitting at the desk, makes me what a regular American makes an average salary, just sitting at that desk for two, three hours a day. Jeez. Then you have the podcast here. Yeah. So two steps behind you, we have old podcasts up. So when I start setting up this camera to record us, you would have never thought this was even there. Then we leave and then we go to the recording room where we make courses, videos, auditions. That makes, I'm not going to talk about how much that makes, yeah, but yeah, way yeah. more than the average salary of yeah. America. Then you go into the kitchen, which Dream Fit Meals produces, right? You make X amount of dollars from that business. Then you walk straight out to my gym outside in my, I have a gym that's detached from my house in its own little building on my on my property. You go out there and that gym revenues, you know, gives makes bank, you know, yeah. makes money. And then you come out into this nice, beautiful um, backyard. That's where I do my life coaching at. So every place you have in this house, besides two places, the living room and my bedroom, the guest room is for when I have a deal with clients, I have a package for special clients that if a client's going through a divorce, going through a heart, like something hard in life, and I'm trying to coach them and it's really hard, They, I have an option when a client can come in, fly in, land, get picked up by me. They stay in the guest room. They have their own bathroom, their own bedroom. They wake up in the morning. They eat breakfast with me. They work out with me in the morning. Then we do life coaching in the afternoon. And then we do life coaching again at nighttime after dinner. And then they can enjoy their day in L.A. But they're here with me so I can rewire their subconscious mind yeah. for a week or two. They need awesome. me more than an hour. Yeah. Okay. So I'm here. So what I'll do with them is, for, for an example, if I have a client who's, whose dream is to want to experience living, a lot of people have depressions or anxieties or heartbreaks and then don't know what they want in life. Most people don't live in the environment they want to live in. No doubt. If someone wants to live in a good environment, if I know that's a part of their life coaching, after doing their life coaching, I'll make a time in the day where I'll take them on a hike so, so they can see the lifestyle here. Or I'll take them to the beach and go for a walk. And I bring them into experience what is possible for them. Yeah. So it's a whole experience a client gets. So the guest room is for that. And then you have the living room where it's chilling and the bedroom is chilling. You got me? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. each room. But I learned I became confident on making risk and building this up at 21, 22 years old. Yeah. So now where I had to leave a location in New York and leave over $300,000 of business there to come to LA and start from zero. I knew I could do it because I did it so many times. I had to go from Delaware where I was getting most of my revenue from to New York and figure out how to make money now. And then to Miami, figure out how to make money now. So everything does happen for a reason. So I wasn't supposed to go to Delaware. <laughs> but I, when, I, when, I, when I was in Delaware, I'm like, yo, why the fuck am I coming to Delaware, you know? And, but then now it all makes sense. I'm like, oh, I became... I was three hours away from home. I was able to go home in three hours, learn more business, and I will not be where I am today without going through those experiences Amen. in Delaware. Oh, gosh, you know? I hear. Yeah, so. 
Well, thank you for making the time to come oh, up. We're definitely going to get you on even more, a couple more times. <laughs> I would like to get you on. You, you know, one thing that I see us doing is getting you here, like you being to the right of me, I'm being here, having another microphone with just a, someone who is going through something in life and that person having questions and you and I giving them different perspectives and answers Absolutely. and coaching them through live yeah. on the podcast. That'd be awesome. That'd be fire. Absolutely. We get a couple people in here asking some questions. So I'll probably get like Benji. You met Benji. Yeah, yeah. I'll get Benji in here with us. <laughs> um, I'll get Benji. I'll get a couple of my clients to come in and write down questions before and, and access because I'm pretty sure the audience has a lot of those as well. And what I'll do before next time we do a podcast as well, because you're going to be on a lot more podcasts with me. Um, I'll do like a week ahead. I'll send out an email blast to clients in my email list. I'll put it on social media and see if anybody has questions for us. And you and I will sit down and go through these questions. Right. So we can ask the audience now. If guys, we are going to be planning another podcast with Coach A um, in the next couple of weeks or months. Um, probably like a month or two. If you have any questions that you have or any struggles that you have, Email me at B Great with Nate. B E G R E A T W I T H N A T E at gmail.com. You see, if I had gluten in my body, I probably would have misspelled that. <laughs> well, dang. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, so you guys can shoot us some some questions there. If you got me on Instagram, it's be great with Nate on Instagram, but besides with is W-I-T. I can't get the W-I-T-H because someone's using that. Spam him, right? Say he's not using that page. He hasn't been on a page for, since like 2015. You know, report that page so I can get that W-I-T-H with. Um, so Coach Egg, where can people find you at on social media? Um, my, my Instagram name is Coach A. Um, if, if you can't find me there, it's just, it's just uh, Adrian Briones. You can put my name. It's me and a picture of my my two sons, my AJ on my right and my smallest Jackson on my left, um, and on Twitter, um, I think it's like Coach underscore Briones, I think, um, or you can just put Adrian Briones. You can find me at you know, and it's and it's and again, um, and if you got any questions or just want to vent, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I'm just just a person that really cares about other people and willing to listen, man. Yeah, and I'll have his I'll have his Instagram and stuff like that, uh, his bio more of, more about him on the, in the description below, so you can find that as well. But if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, share with a friend. Okay, this podcast is a lot of talk about how to manifest things in life, and um, you may have a friend or family member that needs to hear that type of message. Thank you so much, man, oh, for coming up. I appreciate so much, you, bro. Brother. That was good. This was a Absolutely. good. This was a good chat, yes, man. Sir. I appreciate thank it, bro. Thank you so much, man.